Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Los Marcos Podcast. My name is Varo, and with me tonight, Oscar. Ask, what's up, man? What up, man? Another another week in the teen, the quarantine. Yeah, man. Um, getting tired of it, bro. America's tired. This. <laughs> 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 there's only there's only so much being inside of a an apartment or a house can take that we can take, but here we are. Thankfully, we're gonna try to pass our time by talking wrestling, but uh, sadly, we have to start with the big news of the week, which was the heroic yet uh, sad passing away of Shad Gaspard, formerly a member of the only. Real New York City tag team that WWE's ever had. Crime time. So I know me of our own, neither one of us uh, is a father, so we really can't relate to the situation. Kels is not with us today. Is is it's a different story for him. He's he's a very caring father, so I know he can almost know what Shad Gaspard. I had to go through making a decision between his own life and his kids, but to me it was just a, a, a show. It displayed how the the person he was, a hero, and that's what everyone talked. Everyone said, if you read all the tweets, all the Instagram posts, and it's, it's sad that we have to talk about that. But um, the man went out a hero, and I think that's all most I can say about it. Um, yeah, uh, tragic, you know, tragic event. The details were, you know, heartbreaking. And um, R.I.P. Shad, you know. Crime Time was a great tag team. Like, the skits they had, amazing. Um, I actually saw Shad. I think Shad had a match at some random SmackDown or pay-per-view event that I went to, like, maybe within the last four or five years. Like, you, And the pop that he would get in Brooklyn was, like, insane. It'd be like I'm not gonna say like Austin in his prime, but it was a it was a big pop just because he's a local guy and you know he was like you said Austin he's like a like an actual New Yorker out in the ring over there doing his thing. Yeah, I, I mean I know some people criticize Crime Time for having like a stereotypical gimmick, but for us New Yorkers it was especially like Varo myself and Kells we were all just like um, late teens early 20s when they first came out so to see the Ed Hardy jeans to see the jerseys to see the Timberland boots to see the ridiculous long gold uh, gold and platinum chains like you you never thought you'd see that in a WWE ring probably the closest thing I ever saw looking at the ring and be like oh that's like us was Los Boricuas and <laughs> that's only because they used um, Uptown Manhattan in the, in the Bro- in Brooklyn in their in their music in their um Tyantron video. But you saw Crime Time and there was no they weren't guys from Albany saying that they're from New York City. They were actual New Yorkers and they actually put on for the city. That's why the pop they got whenever they came to MSG was immense. And they also were a pretty a pretty good tag team who deserved to have their uh a title reign and sadly that did not happen in WWE. Yeah, Sucks, man. And uh, I think MVP said it best, right, Oscar? It's not 
Not all heroes wear capes. Some of them wear Timberlands, which is probably one of the deepest things I've ever heard. Yeah, when you sent that, I was like, oh, I was like, that's that's deep. So shout out, shout out to MVP and shout out to everybody on their amazing tweets and posts. And they, I mean, even though we didn't know him, it felt like you got to know him a little bit better just to see the type of individual that he was. Yeah, everybody, everybody said like everybody tweeting and. Like, all, everything I read, that he was a great guy, you know? Like, he was always the life of the party and stuff like that. Um, I don't think I saw, like, any, nothing bad. It was all all good, and that's, you know, it was good, you know? He got his flowers while some, he was alive, I guess. Which is something you rarely see in professional wrestling, because for some reason, everybody seems to have beef with everybody. Yeah, there's, you always, know what this there's, always lead one, to. there's always one dipshit that has to say something, right? Somebody always has their foot in their mouth. And uh, this guy seems to always have it in his mouth. Pause. Even though <laughs> even though I, unlike um, Borrow and Cows, I am a big advocate of this man. Even though he is scum. <laughs> he is every... He is the epitome of a mark. He has been called a mark by, by other wrestlers. But he does what I would love to do all day, which is like look at my pictures from nineteen from a nineteen sixty nine Midwestern wrestling event program. It's Jim Cornette, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Jim Cornette, <laughs> who has made various enemies just this past week, even more than his racist NWA power remark, which I'm obviously not going to repeat. Yeah, this guy's always running his mouth and, like, saying the wrong shit, like. But, like, every now and then he will be right, though. Like, um, we'll, we're going to talk about it later, but the dark side of the ring, the stuff he was saying about Owen Hart, those are all facts. Um, you know, the accident, he spoke He spoke what he wanted to say, and, but on this instance, he was, like, I think he was way out of line, dude. If, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, Jim Cornette basically shit all over Becky Lynch. For getting pregnant in like the prime, I guess, of her career, what he considers her prime, and you know, leaving all that money on the table, and he said that Seth Rollins should be pissed that his wife is leaving all that money on the table to go have a to go have a kid and be a, a cranky bitch or something like that for the next nine months, something like that, and like that's uncalled for. Like, what? It's not his business. It's Becky's and Seth Rollins' life like what are you what are you doing yeah I, I'm surprised Jim Cornette is even married at this point <laughs> he like he just does not seem like the type that would let a woman have any say in anything he's very stuck in his southern ways um, I don't I don't know what's going on with him but uh, like Raul said, some of when it comes to um, uh, the show, he's usually saying a hundred percent the right things. Other than the brawl for all episode, which is just him in a beef with uh, Russo that's lasted <laughs> almost thirty years. At, at some point, you got to get over it, especially because Russo doesn't give a damn. <laughs> but like the Owen Hart episode, which is something we're going to talk about in a little bit, like th- that was an amazing episode, and everything he said was. Everything he said felt like it was coming from the heart. Same with Jim Ross. So, 
on that, I, I have no disagreements with him. But when it comes to the Becky Lynch thing, like Varro said, it, it's it's not Jim Cornette's choice of when Becky Lynch should have a child. It's Becky Lynch and and Seth Rollins' choice. I mean, this might be the first good choice Seth Rollins has made. I mean, not, I'm pretty sure Becky Lynch isn't a Nazi. But, um... <laughs> looks like, uh... I think WWE is going to miss her because I still think she's one of the top merchandise pusher, pushers. But at the end of the day, she gotta do, you got to do what's best for you, not what's best for the company. Which is, com- which is funny because... I feel like Seth Rollins has always done what's best for the company. And I think finally for the first time, he has to do something that's best for him. Because as we've seen, especially after Ambrose left, uh, Moxley left WWE, he completely, it seemed like he buried Moxley, saying that he, he took his ball and went home. So it's nice to see the company shell finally doing something for himself. <laughs> and also, um, I know I'm, I told you guys that it was kind of like the right move for Becky because I feel like it was only the way marks are set up now it was only a matter of time before they turned their back on Becky and they were going to start booing her and all this crap but now they're never going to get the chance because of quarantine and now she's going to be away for probably a year, year and a half they're not going to get the chance to turn on her and when she comes back she's going to be a huge baby face they're going to have the mom merch everywhere they already have the mom merch it's, it's the right move for her, and, you know, she's happy. And apparently, during the announcement, Asuka and, like, a lot of the locker room in the back, they didn't know that. They didn't know what the announcement was going to be. And that was, like, a genuine reaction from Asuka in the ring, which is pretty dope, too. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a great touch that they had, not revealing to Asuka until the day of mm-hmm. what, what was happening. Do you, do you think Ronda Rousey's pissed somewhere? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think Ronda Rousey probably thinks it's a work because everything's a work because <laughs> pro wrestling's a hundred percent fake. Nothing about it is real. <laughs> I've never met someone so bitter because she couldn't take getting booed. Just, just live with it. Like it's, it's part of, it's part of pro wrestling. Everyone gets booed at one point or another. Yeah, yeah, but you, you can see it got to her. Like she got emotional and all that stuff. But, I mean, Becky. Becky's getting away, man. She's not going to get booed. And it's like the first time that Marks aren't going to have that opportunity to turn on somebody. Because I feel like online, like even even the Drew McIntyre, like after two weeks, people, there were like articles, like all these wrestling journalists, and I put journalists in quotes because all you do is sit on Twitter and copy and paste a tweet and describe what the tweet says. But they were already like, is Drew McIntyre the new Roman Reigns? It's like, what? This is why Marks turn on these people because, you know, you shove this shit down their throat and then they're like, I'm going to boo Drew McIntyre because that's what I have to do. I've been booing Drew McIntyre for a long time. (laughs) So I am one of the Marks that I was described. I do sit on Twitter and I do let other, I do let these fine esteemed wrestling journalists brainwash me with their thoughts. But I've been booing Drew McIntyre for a long time. Nah, his reign's been solid so far. Oh no, nah, he he's had a very solid Roman Reigns, but um, I feel like it's gonna come to an end, thankfully, at Backlash when he faces probably 
the best wrestler in the world today. Oh, come on. All right. Um, <laughs> we'll end this call right now. This has been another episode of Los Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> this, the man was almost an Olympian. He is an ECW, a, the prestigious ECW World Heavyweight Champion. The watered-down ECW? The ECW no one wants to talk about? He's, he's, he's even friends with the President of the United States. That's right. <laughs> Talking about Bobby Lashley. And uh, at backlash, this, you know this. That would have been the perfect sound drop. The look at look at my African American. <laughs> look at him. <laughs> at, at, at backlash, he's gonna get the the title he, shot he hasn't had for thirteen years. Which, if you remember, was a great match versus John Cena. But people always try to shit on Bobby Lashley, mainly because he can't talk. Well, I mean. He's got Lana now, right? So maybe that counts or something. Well, I feel like the like I've said, the combination of MVP is gonna push him to the top, and here he is at the top. And hopefully he wins the better backlash. I know he's not going to. I know it jumped a few segments, but I mean, if we can forget to mention the Scottish whatever he is, you have to mention the future heavyweight champion. Viral is in silence because he understands that Bobby <laughs> Lashley is the future of this company. Now, I just, uh, I wanted to jump in before, like, that John Cena and Lashley match, Lashley should have went over that match, man. Because. Oh, it killed his momentum. Yeah, it basically destroyed him. And then they could have maybe salvaged the, like I said, the marks turning on Cena because that was like the Super Cena era when people were just getting tired of him. And Lashley would have got a huge pop. He would have won the title. Could have been maybe something completely different, but they should have put Lashley over Cena. What was it, like Great American Bash or something? I think so. The the two times that um, Cena should have dropped the belts, in my opinion, were against Lashley or against R-Truth. Because R-Truth at Capital Punishment had a... It was a he completely dominated Cena for 85-90% of the match. Yeah, I remember. And then, I recently rewatched uh, that. Then some soda here and there, and that was it. And then after that, that was the end of our truth is push. Yeah, there was. There's probably more times he should have dropped the title, but I mean, if we're gonna say why we hate John Cena, it's because they fired Christian because of him. Because he was the first guy to get fans to boo Cena, and uh, Vince wasn't having it, so he just fired him. So that's why I hate John Cena. If you ask me why do you hate John Cena, I hate John Cena because he got Christian fired. But thankfully, Captain Charisma, Christian Cage, <laughs> went to TNA, <laughs> got a little, got a couple world title runs under him, and then he came back for his peeps because that's <laughs> what being a wrestling role model is. You never forget <laughs> your peeps and Christian. Never yeah. forget us. And also, thankfully, they got rid of that stupid Christian. And they, got and rid of they the gave us, bat. and they gave us look, uh, look into my eyes. I think, which is a phenomenal song. Mm-hmm. It was my top top three when we would do when we used to do top three segment. I love that song. It's it's. Uh, I'm about to listen to it right now during this pod <laughs> and just 
for, stop talking for three minutes and just listen to that masterpiece. <laughs> I'm gonna go, <laughs> but, get, uh, we go should grab get... a hoodie and put it over my head so I can throw it back. <laughs> I do it for the peeps. We should talk about uh, what else happened this week in the world of crazy world, as Bret Hart would say, of professional wrestling. Uh, you want to talk about? Let's talk the. We already mentioned it a little, but the dark side of the ring episode this week. Owen Hart. Um, I thought. I'm going to be honest, like the first half hour, I kind of knew everything they were talking about already. So like half an hour in, I want to say, I was like, oh damn, like this episode is going to disappoint because it's basically stuff that I already knew. And like, you know, we're, we're all like Owen Hart marks and we loved Owen Hart. So 30 minutes in, I was kind of worried that the episode wasn't going to be good. And then like the big reveal about the clip came and I was just like, holy shit. Like that is, I, I feel like that's something I never knew. I don't know if you knew Ask about, about the clip and how basically to save a couple of bucks, they just hired a, whoever wanted to do the, the hoistering of uh, Owen Hart to the ring and stuff just to save a couple of bucks. That's why he died. Because if if you read if you read articles and even Martha Hart said it, uh, the WWE had ch- tried to use like uh, expert riggers to do it, and most of them turned it down. So these are the same people that worked in WWE with Sting, and they worked with uh, with big celebrities, and they said that no, it's a dangerous stunt. And I I feel like it was crazy. Like Raul said, they they used a different uh, clip to save a few seconds. They yeah oh that was crazy too so right so they used a different clip because they said that the landing was awkward and not fast enough and basically they shaved like two seconds off of off of the entrance which is like this, ridiculous. This is the reason why we lost possibly, in my opinion, a top three wrestlers that never won the belt. Yeah, I I've, I think I've said this before. I think to like my list is like Owen Hart, Mister Perfect. And then I, I keep forgetting. But the third is usually interchangeable for me. But to me, I feel like those are the best two wrestlers that never held that belt. And then who was it? Who was it at the end that mentioned um, that said basically think of the star, the wrestlers that were about to come to WWE, and he mentioned like oh, Eddie Guerrero, that was Jericho, Prime Edge. Jericho, yeah. Jericho went went through a whole list of wrestlers. I found it kind of funny he didn't mention himself because he he came to WWE like shortly after that as well. Right, but uh. It, it was a list of incredible workers. Yeah, when and he said I, I that, just, I was like, I never, I had never put that into perspective, and I was like, holy shit, Owen Hart would have been huge. And, and I've said this, I've said this hundreds of times. I, I'm not, I was not a fan of the attitude that were bullshit, and that is why. Right. It was stupid. It was stupid fucking storylines like that. Like a couple years later, it would have been phenomenal. In Owen Hart, I wish, like, I know WWE threw mad money at him. And they were not going to let him. They, they didn't let him go from his contract anyway. But if he would have went to WCW and then came back when after the the whole invasion storyline, everything would have been fine. Uh, I feel like WWE completely botched that everything. I understand why Martha Hart does not want uh, her her late husband in the Hall of Fame. As mm-hmm. a wrestling fan, it hurts. But uh, as Kells pointed out, and has other people pointed out, even Martha Hart said. There's no like physical location. It's not a real thing. Right. The Hall of Fame is it's 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 fake. It's it's like 
I mean, it's not really that fake, but it, it just exists online. Like, there's no physical location where you can see uh, these relics and half of the relics that wrestling that, that WWE doesn't even own. That's why they have to have a whole reality show where they go back, where they go looking for some of their famous items because I don't know, because Vince is too busy hawking dinosaur bones to have <laughs> important relics of WWE history in the Titantron, uh, Titan headquarters, whatever it's called now. Yeah, then don't they have like a warehouse with like a bunch of shit? Basically, like yeah. the WrestleMania Fan Fest is like as close as to a Hall of Fame as you're gonna get, because that's where they whatever they do own and have. That's kind of where they all like prop it up and stuff. But um, I feel after watching that, and if you still don't understand why Martha Hart and her son and her daughter don't want uh, Owen in the Hall of Fame, I, I feel like you're you out of your mind. Like, after that, I, I'm i not going to say it ever again. Yeah, there's no no way they that, you know, they should put Owen Hart in there. No way. Because, so, this, yo, and, and I also didn't know that the show went on. I thought the show got canceled. Oh, no. Nah. I, I remember, I remember um, it's still going on. Because I remember all the news reports and how they still had the show going on. And the way that, uh, I think who was it? Kevin Dunn. The way that he told Bro. Jr. to be like, "Hey, yo, that was crazy." Hey. So he's dead, and you're back in ten seconds. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, he's like, he's That's... dead. You're back in three, two, and yeah. I was like, "What the uh, fuck?" Like, like that's that's. And you could see just, Jr. was just like, got... just he didn't know what to do. He's just like, "What the fuck?" Like he was like shell shocked. That's so yeah. crazy. I missed that pay per view. Um, I I was usually. As you guys, as you guys know, I was big and watching WCW pay per views. <laughs> Thankfully, I would watch them. My neighbor was nice enough to let me watch them um, with them. So I, I would usually watch. I would occasionally catch WWE pay per views, but mainly like the big four. So I missed that one. And then I remember like my my neighbor told me, and then we saw on the news, and it was just like it was it was ridiculous. And I was, I was like 11, 12 years old, and it's crazy to think about what happened. And then it's just crazy that like in the same same anniversary of like the time happening it was um the, the death of Shad Gaspard as well so it was just like very tragic to think about all of these things happening uh but I feel like uh Owen Hart does not need the enshrinement in the WWE Hall of Fame all of us that saw him wrestle all of us that seen whether the Wrestlemania 10 match against uh Brett or the steel cage match against Brett even there's like or, matches or of even him the in match Japan that are really yeah. good. Like if you go the, look for them, they're there and they're good, good matches. Or when he had that WWF title match, I forgot if it was against Triple H or Shawn Michaels on, on a Raw's War. They tore down the house. Like the the man was amazing. Um, you could see his family's against the pro wrestling business. Obviously, can't blame him for that. Right. Uh, I would support like. If you want to get one of the shirts that they had, support that way, support the foundation. But uh, I think to, to a lot of us, it should have been closure on Owen Hart's life and career and just like to know that uh, the man will be remembered in other ways and as long as wrestling fans continue talking about him, he doesn't need a, a WWE Hall of Fame ring. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it, it sucks, man. But um, you know, R.I.P. Owen Hart. 
Gone way too soon, man. That that Chris Jericho segment is like just what got to me the most from that whole episode. When he was just like, oh, think of who was coming. It was like Eddie and Prime Edge and Benoit. Like Jericho was coming. Like, bro, you can think of the matches that they would have had. They would have tore the house down like night in, night out. And it just sucks. But let's talk about the biggest takeaway from Raw this week. Um, I know we're not, we're not going to summarize up the whole show because a lot of it is just not worth talking about for the most part. Um, the oh, biggest, like... biggest takeaway, Austin Theory goes from one faction to another faction. He got kicked out of uh, Zelina, Andrade, and Garza's faction and jumped ship to Seth Rollins', Seth Rollins as a Messiah faction. And now he's a follower of Seth Rollins. I think... I feel... Yeah, um, I, I feel like this is going to be great for his career. Mm-hmm. They both are um, white passing Latinx males, <laughs> and I feel like that should be the name of the group. And just Buddy Murphy could be Mexican for all we know. Who knows? <laughs> but in all reality, I, uh, this should be good. I, I didn't really understand him being with Zelina Vega. I feel like this like, makes him more of a heel. Yeah, I mean, I I had been reading like like dirt sheets and stuff, and they were saying that basically his call up to the main roster was kind of rushed because of the whole pandemic and lack of and injuries. So I thought they were just gonna like kick him out, and then he was gonna go back to NXT just to get more experience under his belt, working like the WWE style and working for WWE. But he just went. I feel like he just went from one stable to a better stable. Because if you're associated with Rollins, it's like multiple WWE champion, universal champion. Um, you know, Murphy's a beast. If you ta- if he tags with Murphy, they can make like a legit run at the titles. Rollins is usually always in the main event picture. So Theory's going to get some shine if he sticks with, if they stick him with Rollins and Murphy for the long run. It's it's all it's like a win win for him, and you know I've been raving about Austin Theory for like since we saw since I saw him at Evolve and like he's like a great chicken shit heel. Once he gets more mic time and more like builds more of his character on TV, he's gonna be great. He's gonna be like a a less annoying Rollins. I feel like because when Rollins is a heel, like he's a heel, but he's like annoying, like. Like, I don't like you, heel. But, like, I think Roll- um, Theory can be like that that heel that you like, that you that you like to root for. Like, kind of like a, to me, I see, like, a Christian Cage uh, TNA chicken shit heel run from him. That's, that's like, what I see in him. I, 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 I see that he's, he can carry the promotion uh, the same way I feel, and I've been raving about this guy in AEW, the same way I feel Sammy Guevara can carry AEW. I feel like both of them um, can carry their respective brands. They both have a very uh, a similar flippity floppity style, but I, I feel like Austin Theory might be a little bit better on the ground game. Mm-hmm. I I just think that both of those guys can can carry uh, their promotions in the future, especially because um I love I love Chris Jericho and everyone here on this pod loves Chris Jericho, but 
I feel like Chris Jericho was ready to pass the torch to somebody, and I feel like that person might be Sammy Guevara. And Seth Rollins, even though he's not old, he even though he's not old at all, he, he can help tutor uh, Austin Theory, who's I think twenty two, right? Yeah, he's young. I thought he was twenty four, but he's he's hella young. And it's crazy. Um, shout out to everybody from the West Coast. Guevara keeps saying hello for some reason. Oh, that's college. I used <laughs> to. There's like a bunch of Filipinos and. From uh from the bay, so I picked up Helen and just kind of never went away. <laughs> we we had Los Marcos and I condone such language. <laughs> but yeah, Austin Theory is uh twenty two years old, so he got years ahead of him to you know eventually reach the mountaintop and carry the company, which we think he's more than capable of. Oh yeah, he, he he especially. I'm surprised they brought him up for NXT, because uh, NXT needs people. But WWE, like Raul said, WWE needed more people because injuries, and because you know Sami Zayn don't want to travel, so you know brought him up. <laughs> hey, uh, Sami Zayn. I don't know. We covered it right last week that uh, he got his title stripped or had to vacate it, and that's why they got the uh, Intercontinental Tournament on SmackDown. Which started with an incredible match by the by Drew Gulak uh, versus Daniel Bryan. As all as always, they tore the house down, and then Drew Gulak <laughs> is no longer in the WWE because his contract expired. I think he's going to be the mystery person in the AEW Casino Royale ladder match. Really, you think they just throw him in right away? I don't think you need a 90-day thing when your contract expires. Not 100%. Yeah, I have I have no idea. But Gulak was good, man. They had something going with him and they maybe I guess maybe he just didn't want to sign, but if they didn't try to re-sign him that then like WWE dropped the ball. Cuz I think Brian and Gulak eventually could have made it like a tag team run and they would have been a great tag team. Because just them by themselves, one-on-one, like, they put on great matches. And then you involve with them as a tag team. That would have been, like, a great technical tag team. Something we need. We, we haven't had one. Or we did have one. We had um, the Revival. Now it's going to be the Revolt. But they would have been, like, a better version of the of the Revival, I think. Like a brawler technical style. But we'll see if he shows up at uh, AEW. I I don't I have no idea what you're talking about because I haven't watched AEW in in weeks. But what 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 match are you talking about, Us? Is is going to be a casa- uh, Casino Royale uh, match? So it's basically going to be a Money in the Bank match for mm-hmm. AEW, where the winner gets a shot at the heavyweight championship. This is the event that was supposed to be in Vegas, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because they keep the- going with the gambling thing. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you just got to keep going with it. I, I don't know about any gambling places in Jacksonville, Florida. I know they have a... Shout out to Jacksonville. They got they got good food places. They got good people. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know why I'm still going with it. Just make it a regular ladder match and call it a day. Yeah. Well, they, need, they, Jackson- need, a, they need a theme, I guess. Jacksonville Jaguar on a pole match and stuff. <laughs> They're going to call it Feaster Fired? <laughs> Man, Feaster Fired was fire, bro. Like that, the whole theme of the whole concept of it was amazing. 
And if you guys haven't don't know what we're talking about, um, basically TNA would have um, what was it? it was like four briefcases, right? And all corners, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and and one of them was like your fire. The other one gives you like a title shot. Yeah, like you would get like an exhibition title shot, a heavyweight title shot, or like you get fired. And I forget if there was four, or there was three, but that was like those were basically the prizes. And like that's how they would write people off. Like if they're gonna get fired, like EC3 when he left TNA, they he got the briefcase to where he was fired. But those were fun matches. If you guys go, they're probably on YouTube or or Daily Motion. Daily Motion has like a lot of old TNA stuff. If you guys wanna deep dive into that while you're in quarantine. But yeah, if, yeah. If you don't want to pay for the for the Impact app, I had the Impact app and I it was complaining to Varro and Kels because it kept like freezing on me. I'm just like, what is this? Oh, I think yeah. it was editing. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if you can, but yeah, like. Uh, another thing that you should go back and watch if you if you want to get into deep dive into some impact, the X division matches where they had the X up and the little ropes was phenomenal. Oh, the X division T- matches, yes, those were fire. Yeah, TN- TNA was we're giving its roses where it's due because they had amazing matches that nobody watched. Yeah, man, those for complete matches were fire. Utter marks. Like amazing red would like go off on in those. Um... Styles, the triple threat, Samoa Joe, uh, Christopher Daniels, and AJ Styles. It's like a must watch. No matter what you're doing, a- must watch. Anything with anything with AJ Styles and, and Impact is a must watch. But uh, speaking of uh, things that people aren't watching, Varo's going to talk about NXT, which keeps losing in the rating wars. Nobody's watching NXT. <laughs> hey man, NXT is good, bro. Um, highlight, I guess, of this week. They're kind of. Focusing on the cruiserweight tournament that they're having, since um, I think Jordan Devlin can't come to the U.S. or is injured. I'm not. I don't remember off the top of my head. But Jordan Devlin is the cruiserweight, and then they're doing like an interim cruiserweight uh tournament. And this week it was um, Rockstar Spud. What's his WWE name? Wow, I'm blanking right now. Drake Maverick? Yes, Drake Maverick. Um, Drake Maverick had his match against... Uh, who was it? Kushida? He beat Kushida in a one-on-one match. And earned a three-way tie with... I forget the other guy's name. But it's going to be a triple threat now. And the winner of that is going to go to the final against... Against, um, I forget his WWE name, but basically, El Hijo, oh, El Hijo del Fantasma, one on one for the Cruiserweight Championship. So next week, it's gonna be Drake Maverick, Kushida, and his last name is Atlas. I forgot, I forget what his first name is, but it's like a Mexican guy. It's the the Mexican guy that's, um, I think he's gay. So they just recently signed him. So it's gonna be a triple threat between them three. Should be a good match. Kushida and Maverick was a good match. Um, I'm glad they're letting Drake Maverick get some shine before he, apparently, before he eventually leaves because EC3 and him put out a promo recently and it looks like they're going to be joining forces at whatever company they they both end up at eventually. His name was Spud. Rockstar Spud. Rockstar Spud, which is 
they they have great chemistry together. So wherever they go together, print money. That's Wait, all I'm were, saying. They were, they were in, together in TNA, right? Yep, print money with those two. Yeah, so that should be, they, that should be fun to watch. They're probably gonna end up at AEW. So speaking of the 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 best wrestling brand in the United States today. Uh, so the show started off with Ten, which is one of the followers of Brody Lee, against John Moxley. Moxley completely dominated the match, and then Kfa broke his hand afterwards, and Brody Lee left with the belt. I feel like that was a little phenomenal thing. Um, then we, for me, the highlight of the night was uh, Ray Phoenix versus Orange Cassidy. I've been a big Orange Cassidy fan for years. They had a phenomenal match. Uh, Orange Cassidy had a beautiful DDT off the top rope. Ray Phoenix won. Sadly, even though I love Ray Phoenix, uh, there was a spot afterwards where all the guys from the uh, ladder match came in after the match, and they were brawling on the outside, and then Ray Phoenix did a a flippity-floppity move off the top rope. I don't know if Varro saw it, but it was just awkward all around. I hope he recovers from that. Uh, Sean Spears, yeah, it was just bad. Sean Spears cut an amazing promo against uh which i never thought i'd say in my life against dustin rhodes it was like a news promo in a in a newsroom so that's going to be one of the matches on saturday for the pay-per-view it'll be sean spears with dustin rhodes if anyone can get a actual 10 match out of sean spears it'll be dustin rhodes damn imagine a 10 a five-star match from him i don't see now we I think I think we, we you know what we gotta say especially because of the because of the homie rest in peace Shad Gaspar we gotta bring back the five Tims baby. <laughs> Facts. I don't think you get five Tims out of Sean Spears though, aka Ty Dillinger. I don't know if you can, but I know I, I think I think if anyone could do it, I think Dustin Rose can get four or five Tims out of him. Yeah, I I, I guess they're not giving up on that experiment yet because I, initially I I thought that was just a, a spite signing like. You guys couldn't turn him into anything, but we are, and so far, nothing yet. Even who who do you have a match against when we went to Chicago? I don't remember. Cody. You, I don't remember. It didn't matter. That, but that's three Tim Cody, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. Cody even Cody even calls himself three and a half stars. Oh, does he? He know the vibes. <laughs> he know the vibes. <laughs> so the pay per views Saturday night. Yes. And how much? What and is, is it like 60 bucks still? Yeah, it's like 60 bucks. I'm yeah, not going to order it. No, I, ain't, I ain't going to lie. We got we got, we got, got new MacBooks that me and Varl got to buy new streets. <laughs> feel me? Can't be, can't be spending $60 on, on men in spandex right now. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Brody Lee might actually take the title from Moxley. I don't think it'll be a long run, but I feel like that's almost like, hey, the incentive for shining him like here. Here's the heavyweight title. We'll see what you could do with it. But I think that's Moxley's belt for a long time coming. If if Brody Lee does win the belt, I think it'll be like uh, the whole old WCW swerve where the guy holds the belt for like a month and then loses it back to Hulk Hogan, no matter who they were. They had to lose it back to Hulk Hogan. I think, I think, <laughs> I think Booker T might have been the only WCW champion who didn't lose to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Next, could they uh, cease to exist? Yeah. <laughs> Booker lost to The Rock. 
Yeah, so that's uh, the yeah, the rundown Hogan, of Hogan passed the torch down to the Rock, so it all comes around. And then he just came back. And he just <laughs> kept wrestling. I don't. He passed the torch and kept on wrestling. Yeah, you guys don't know when to go away. Uh, it'd be like that for for Hollywood Hulk Hogan, who needs to really go away. Speaking of people who don't know how to go away, Ric Flair just signed a new WWE contract. <laughs> he did. Um, I don't know. I guess they just want to keep using him as a like a media a media guy because no way you can't get back in the ring. Um, and then his think. daughter, his daughter is with the company, so they need to keep some of these guys because they're all getting checks from a. They're, they're going to get checks from AEW if they don't get them from WWE. Oh, a, a, once AEW brought back uh, Jake the Snake Roberts who had a decent promo against uh, Arn Anderson, except for when he said that he can take out Mike Tyson. I'm like, stop. Bro. Uh, have you seen Mike, like his recent yeah. Instagram clips? Bro. Yeah, if you've watched Mike Tyson, Tyson's back. Yeah. I think that people saying that he can fight Tyson Fury are a little bit crazy because I think Tyson Fury will destroy him. But Mike Tyson's beating up 95% of the population still. Maybe mm-hmm. even 98% of the population still. Yeah. So Jake just think Roberts... Uh, I don't know who you think you can beat up. And then they called Arn Anderson fat, which I felt was hilarious. <laughs> like, bro, stop. Like, I mean, yeah, guys, uh, guys that aren't going away. There's another one. Ask one of your favorites. Rumored to be signing with AEW soon. Oh, we talked about this last week, but he did, did we, go we, away. We mentioned it. He he did go away, but here's the thing. But he's coming back, or might never be, know might when be a, coming back. Never know when a bird's gonna return. You know, I'm talking about in these streets. These birds always return. This <laughs> thing is a crow. <laughs> he's gonna win that ladder match. He's just gonna pull pull the briefcase up from the rafters like like fishing. He's just gonna reel it in. And guess what? Shot. He's gonna he's gonna hit. Moxie with the with the scorpion death drop and that's it. <laughs> the no, man they call Sting to be a champion terrible. again. That sounds terrible. And then Sting can take the proper retirement that he deserves, not a buckle bomb by Mister. All I do is put people on the shelf for nine months. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Sting, Finn Balor, and his latest addition, the man Becky Lynch. That, that pretty much sums up uh, this week's wrestling news. Obviously, we're recording this on a Thursday. So this is before SmackDown. Uh, Backlash is uh, next week, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, next 10 days yeah. from now or whatever we're recording. So that'll be the next pay-per-view we talk about. Uh... Anything from SmackDown from last week? Otis and... Teasing the cash in on uh, Strowman. Uh, I I felt like that was funny. I I, I like I like them as a tag team. The the two husky rednecks was funny. <laughs> uh, Varro still I don't I think Varro still believes that Otis isn't gonna cash in the belt. I feel like he is gonna cash in and still win. Yeah, if he didn't lose the briefcase in one week, then I guess he's just gonna hold on to it. And I guess cash in. I don't know. I I read some. I thought I saw something that said uh, 
He was going to use it to cash in on the tag titles, but I guess that's not true. I don't think Tucker... I think Tucker needs to be on a milk car and, like, where'd he go? <laughs> Tucker needs to go back to NXT. Find I like new, Tucker. A new gimmick. He's not bad. But, he had his moments in that Elimination Chamber match, the tag team match. But he didn't, he didn't yell out Chucky, and we... <laughs> The thing with wrestling fans is we don't care if you're not that good in the ring. If you give us a catchphrase we can get behind, like feed me more, <laughs> that was only we'll get you. behind you. That was only no, you. <laughs> if you remember his match against CM Punk, he had the whole arena saying feed me more. When he almost, when he ended a, when he took a couple of years off of CM Punk's career. Yeah, but remember the whole arena was chanting feed me more at the end of that pay-per-view. That's when he climbed so, up the steel cage or whatever, yep, right? Okay. Yep, yeah. and he and he yeah, hit him right. with the thing. Right. The whole arena was chanting feed me more. And I went to go get a sandwich afterwards because I was hungry. <laughs> but like I, honestly all you need in wrestling is a catchphrase. I'm trying to think of somebody that made it without a catchphrase. I don't think it exists. Even Chris Benoit's catchphrase was like blowing his um snot on people's bodies. People remember that, or the, the the cutting of the throat with your thumb. Yeah, like Shane McMahon's catchphrase was the dance. Like some people don't need words; they just do a little dance and a little shimmy. And guess what? You're gonna be over. Wrestling fans are not complicated people. As yeah. much as it may That's pain it Jim, as much as it may pain Jim Cornette, who life is devoted to this. To the beautiful <laughs> art of professional wrestling, sadly, it doesn't take that much to get over. Oh, you want to just touch on um, on like all these other podcasters that recently have been taking jabs at professional wrestling? Like I know Tom Segura did it, Joe Rogan did it. Um, I th- that that's why I hate like the marks that like the the two the hey guys can they get a two sweet marks because they put us in this picture that we're that like we know it's I, fake like we're not did, watching um, it because we think it's real um first off that's your opinion thank you very much <laughs> secondly what did joe rogan say mr a hundred million dollar man on spotify so everyone everyone look at your stocks baby yeah it's the time rogan, to invest in stocks bro. right now but yeah um no basically that it's not he said it's not a real sport that it's not that it's all all written like all scripted and but you know the bumps are real the injuries are real like UFC guys can't jump into WWE and be successful and you know vice versa WWE guys can't jump into UFC as we've seen and be successful the transition from UFC to WWE is probably easier but doesn't mean you're gonna be a hit like look at these two girls from uh ufc the they wanted to be the new four horsewomen and only rousey and base have made it the other two have just basically disappeared uh marina shafira and like i don't even know the other one's name i don't even but know what the first person was <laughs> they basically disappeared they they came from mma and you know are legit mma fighters and they couldn't make it sonya deville you know she's has MMA background it's kind of finally getting there because they're finally giving her something to work with but you know like these 
jabs at professional wrestling are like something we've been dealing with our basically like our whole lives because we've been wrestling fans since like we were kids here's the thing that i always tell people when they make fun of professional wrestling you're on the road 250 300 days a year you take a bump the ring does the ring is not like people act like the rings a mattress the ring's not a mattress you have to learn how to fall you have to learn how to take hits Jaws is in a fucking wheelchair for the rest of his fucking life because of a, a bad bump. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin's neck was broken because of a bad pile driver. There's plenty of ways to get hurt. Just because every little punch is is worked doesn't mean every move is worked. Like, you can't fake Jeff Hardy jumping out of a ladder 25 feet up. I, I understand it's predetermined. I understand most of it is fake. Not every single bump is fake. At the end of the day, people judge you for enjoying what you what you want to enjoy. It makes no sense to me. The same people who who push the wrestling is fake narrative. Why do you watch that? Watch movies with dragons chasing a fucking mythical ring. You watch it for entertainment. Guess what? Those stunt actors in those movies they get hurt too. You're gonna tell a you're gonna tell a stunt actor everything he does is fake? I don't think so. That's what these guys are. These men and women are. They're, they're basically stunt actors. They do something for entertainment. People watch it. Millions of people have watched it over the years. Some people grow out of it. Some people obviously don't. Like me and Jim Cornette. <laughs> it, it, it's just... I don't. I, it's something I've, I, I always get bothered by. It Just let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. Yeah, there's uh, stereotypical marks... But guess what? The ones I hate. I hate them. Yeah, I mean, Varo, Varo, Varo and Kels hate them. I don't, because it's me. The fat ones that don't take baths. The. I mean, there's no point in taking a bath. We're in the we're in the quarantine, baby. <laughs> I don't be out there. And if you're not, obviously, if you're not quarantined, if you have to go outside for work, hope you stay safe and everything in your family. But uh, I feel people just need to let go of the whole wrestling is fake. We know. No one gives a fuck. We watch it because we enjoy it, because it brings entertainment to our lives. I don't know why what entertains me should bother you. These guys, uh, most of them are comedians. It's like, bro, boxing's been rigged for the past 25, 30 years. No one says anything about that. That's true. De Loia beat Tito, but no one, nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah, no one wants to talk about that. There's so much rigging <laughs> in a lot of sports. Let's talk about the NBA with the refs being paid off. But nah, that's not fake, right? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, man, those, those jabs always piss me off. It's like, it's like whatever. Like now, I, I just brush them off. It's like whatever. It's like yeah, I like wrestling. It's whatever. I don't, I don't care anymore. Like I've said, and I've, I've said this a thousand times. If it's fake, go do it. Go try it out. Let me know how fake it is. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, even, like you said, Austin, bumps aren't fake. Like, you got to learn how to land on your back. And even even just because you learned, it still hurts. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. You're just kind of learning how to hurt yourself safely, basically. That's why these guys are, that's guy. That's why most of the guys in the 80s and 90s were pill-popping animals. Yeah. Imagine like, being in pain and having walk. to drive mm-hmm. eight hours to your next show. UFC is phenomenal, and I, I, I'm not a fan of UFC. Kels and Varo are fans of UFC. I'm not a fan of it, but I understand like the workload that those guys have to do is out of this world. 
But remember, they fight two, three times a year. Yeah, they fight for, what, three, five-minute five rounds, 15 minutes tops? Every, and those every six those months? Hits, those hits are real, and I understand Ronda Rousey oh, said yeah. that most, most people can't do that. But at the end of the day, they're not, they're not traveling 300 fucking days a year. The and mental toll. Ronda, Ronda couldn't do it either because once she got hit, that was it. She left. Yeah. The mental toll that takes on people being away from home 300 fucking days a year, most people don't understand that mental toll. That's a tough toll for a lot of people. 300 mm-hmm. days, you don't see your family, you're just with your friends, and some of them aren't really your friends because you don't know when they're going to backstab you to get the brass ring, quote unquote. It, it, it's, it's tough. But people just want to. Because they saw Hulk Hogan take vitamins in 1988. I think it's still like that. Yeah, it's, wrestling, wrestling's awesome. If you just sit down, put away your disbelief, and just watch it, you're going to have fun. You're going to have fun. It's a and then, TV like, show. If you take some, somebody that doesn't like wrestling to a live show, they're going to get into it, like no matter what. And honestly... If you take someone who's never watched wrestling right now, just show them the seven or eight crime time training videos. And if they're from the hood, they're 100% going to appreciate it. Show them the clip of crime time scalping tickets to DX. That's a a hilarious clip that was floating around Twitter after uh, what happened, but that, that was hilarious. I feel like I think we've covered what we needed to cover for this week. Uh, hopefully, we'll be a three-man booth next week. Yep. We need our uh, color commentator. <laughs> Actually, I'm usually the color commentator. You and Kel usually carry the show. I come in with the with the quick jabs here and there. But uh, like we said, uh, rest in peace, Chad Gaspard. Rest in peace, Owen Hart. Hopefully, we don't have to deal with any more tragedies like this. And just wrestling is real. People are fake. <laughs> All right. This has been another episode of Los Marcos Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are out.